Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And I'm Kyle Calgren. I'm here this week. And uh, this week we are doing one of my favorite movies, 1985's Weird Science. Written and directed by John Hughes. Yep. 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 Uh, so, Jordan uh, is you the exp- uh, only one who likes this movie. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> On of this the three of us. Episode. Uh, not not the in the outlier. world. A lot of people yeah. like this movie. Um, I first saw it when we first started dating, I think. And I was Yeah, just... it was one of the first movies that I showed you when we started dating. Yes, and I despised it. Yeah. No, I remember. I, I remember. Vividly. I, well, was this a date night gone wrong? I mean, sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, also, I told a friend um, that we were doing this movie, and she mentioned that she was taught by Ellen Mitchell Smith when she was in college. Uh, he ta- he taught like he taught like he taught it. Um, he te- he teaches medieval history or like he teaches a medieval class and like other history stuff like that you would not guess that from his role in this movie as a young child he's also an avid tabletop gamer and organizes um tabletop gaming tournaments and things in in california that feels less surprising yeah (laughs) yeah um (laughs) So yeah, he's doing well, and um, you know, uh, Anthony Michael Hall grew up to be ugly, uh, so that's what he's doing. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Say, uh, uh, you might know this because you're more knowledgeable in film than me. Uh, what whatever happened to that guy who played the bully in this movie? Oh, oh, uh, oh, the, the, the shorter one. The shorter one with yeah. the with the eyes that yeah. look like he, as as Bronwood would say, you know, permanent guy liner. That that yes. one. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to him? Uh, per- yeah. Perma guy liner. I heard that he became some kind of superhero. I don't know. It's, oh. It's, uh, yeah, it's like metal guy. Or yeah, something? metal guy. Metal, metal guy. Metal guy. Yeah. Metal dude. Yeah. I Ron man. Gwyneth Paltrow, like, uh, is his neighbor. So, so full disclosure, <laughs> when I first saw this movie when I was very young and I found out that Ellen Mitchell Smith had become a teacher, because I knew that he was a teacher, I just didn't know what he taught. I wanted to go to California to take his class. Really? <laughs> yes, I really desperately wanted to. I was like, oh my God, I want to see how he aged. How's he looking? He's looking okay. He's looking pretty good. Yeah, he does look pretty good. I looked him up. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, looking way better than Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Michael Hall really, like, I mean, also his whole thing was he was always supposed to be, like, this, like, kind of, like, horny 14-year-old yeah. <laughs> for several movies. Mm-hmm. And, and now, so I feel like after that, it's just, like, where do you go from there? Well, he did, uh, what is it, the the Dead Zone. That was him, right? On, yeah, on USA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did that. Um, and uh, Did he do his accent on the Dead Zone? I, I don't know. I don't watch that show. Just like I've never seen the Weird Science spinoff show. I don't know. I know that it has the mom from Baby Geniuses in it who plays Lisa. <laughs> um, that's really all I know. I, I don't. Why would I watch it? Who do you think I am? Wait, um, Anthony <laughs> Michael Hall did a an appearance on Riverdale? 
Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's, that's that sounds that's like something scams. that he would do. Okay, yeah. I haven't I haven't I've only seen two episodes of Riverdale, but I was just looking at his uh Oh, it's such his beautiful stats. garbage. Well, everybody like it looks like a skincare ad. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. I'm like wow. Yeah. Everybody has like liquid skin. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, he was like a bully in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, he graduated from the geek to the bully. Although yeah, his he characters really, were always really bullies. I mean, like, he always, he has he grew up. He really grew into a bully face. Like he yeah. had like a little sweet boy face before, and then he grew up to look like I don't know. He looks like he could have like been one of the racist cops and crash or something. He does really have resting bully face, and it is wild because he's usually when you look at people like you know as they've aged. They they look like a maybe slightly better or worse version of the same face, but his he just looks like he has a different face. Yeah, no, like it, a totally it, it like, looks like I would a completely I would different never face. look at him now and him then and think, oh, that's the same guy. And, yeah, no. and with most people, regardless of how they age, like you can tell it's them. Yeah, it's I I'm, don't. <laughs> I'm suppressing my urge to be super defensive about Anthony Michael Hall's looks because I'm really really mad at him for appearing in this movie. I mean, look at did. him. Yeah, okay, I'm being shown a picture of him right now. Sure. Oh, I mean, I don't even, I'm not, like, it's but, more he just looks mean. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not trying to come for, like, you know, gravity comes for us all. Like, you uh, know, yeah, we're yeah. all going to die. You know, I'm not trying to be like, well, yeah, no, no, it's he not should even be that hotter. He, to look, he yeah, just I, looks mean. Yeah, he does. And I mean, that's he what I meant. resting bitch face. That's what like, I meant by ugly. Like, I yeah. meant, like, his soul. Just, like, I don't know. Time comes for us all, memento mori. Weird science. Anyway, I mean that. I mean, honestly, if it makes the listeners feel any better, that's as mean that I'm gonna. Get, that's as mean as I'm gonna get because I like this movie. Uh, Don't worry, I will get mean. <laughs> uh, like it, it's, it is a movie about two boys who are nerds who want girlfriends and popularity and stuff. So they make a girl with their computer and a doll that they hooked up. And magazine clippings and things like that. And the girl is actually a 23-year-old woman played by Kelly LeBrock. And she, you know, teaches them how to be cool and how to get girls. That's such a nice version of what it is. <laughs> teaches presence. them how to be cool. She how has showers, takes showers with both of them, and is their sex doll that they tell people they do whatever they want with. Yeah, yep. this isn't like a Mary, like sexual Mary Poppins. Well, it <laughs> kind of is sexual Mary Poppins. It is definitely sexual it, it, Mary Poppins. It, 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 it is sexual Mary Poppins. <laughs> Um, and it's very uncomfortable because she is both For an object a and a pedophile in this movie. Somehow at the same time, she is like dehumanized and also a predator, like by just merit of like, how the hell did John Hughes manage to package that much misogyny into like one character? Uh, I don't know, but he did it. So, you know, yeah. kudos. I, yeah. Uh, this adult woman who just goes around acting as the confidence booster for two children. Like they are like yep. they're they are children. Chill. They're children. They're children. One of them was 14 when they made this movie. Yep. Yeah, it's creepy because she was uh They kissed. She was 26 when they made this oh movie. God. Yeah. Um so yeah, she fully like had a pedophile kiss on screen. Yep. Um, but also wasn't a person, you know, she's a creation of their machine. So I guess yeah. that like kind of yeah. exceeds the law. Like making out with one of your Sims. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very much that. And I mean, like, the science if, part like itself... If your sim had the capacity to destroy your house. Right. And, and this, and like, it's, inter- it's interesting because, I mean, this movie doesn't pretend that it's going to really explain how anything works. Um, like Mary Poppins? Yeah, exactly. It's very much like, oh, yeah, they magically did this. We have a song, which is very catchy. And yeah. some fun, like, 80s graphics, which I do love that. Like, I, I like, I'm a sucker for that shit. I'm a sucker for, like, the early 80s, like, tech camp shit. I yes. personally love the bit in the movie where they make her smart by scanning in a picture of Einstein. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, because they want to play chess with her. That's the only yeah. reason they give her a brain. <laughs> There's a moment where they're like, should we give her a brain? Like, why would a chick need a brain? She's just <laughs> a body. And then they're like, well, maybe we'll want to play chess with her. Well, Wyatt wants to play chess with her. Gary's like... Uh, and, and which one's wide and which one's Gary? Wyatt is Ellen Mitchell Smith, and Gary is Anthony Michael Hall. Okay, yeah. So we got the blonde and the brunette. You know? Yes, we mm-hmm. do. We uh, have the, the tall and the short, and and the bullies also. We have a tall and a short. We have a guy that went on to do nothing, and then a guy that went on to be I don't know Tin Can Man. I'm I'm I'm, I'm unclear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's his name, the Tin Man. <laughs> And uh, we have two ladies who didn't really go on to do a lot of things and oh, don't yes, really get to do a schools. lot in this movie. The, the girls that they the girls that they end up dating, the girls that they end up having sex with. They have both of them lose their virginity at the end of this movie. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Which, you know, was kind of, you know, what we're supposed to they're, all be invested in. They're, children. they're, they're like, yeah, they're. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if I just never was a fourteen-year-old boy, but and I just—I mean, this. I've been—I've been wondering about that for a while, whether or not you have ever been. A Ooh, now this boy. is a conversation I am Ooh. happy to be privy to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was fourteen at some point. Apparently, yes. Just you know, mathematically, that has to be true. I mean, I've seen pictures of you as a baby. I've seen pictures of you at twenty, but mm, between that, I don't know. So this is like an Avril Lavigne replaced by an actor kind of conspiracy <laughs> here. So what happened to Kyle wait, during wait, these Avril years? Avril Lavigne was replaced by an actor? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She died after her skater boy phase, pretty much. I mean, like <laughs> shortly after. There's there's videos online. That's why, that's why she's a Christian musician now. Okay. That, and she has blonde hair, and I guess wait, her is, teeth wow. are a tiny bit different. Okay. Hold it, hold it. Is this just like the millennial version of the Paul McCartney is dead conspiracy theory. Yeah, I, I would say definitely it also falls in the Paul same category as Katy Perry being John Bonet Ramsey, which is another <laughs> conspiracy theory that I'm really into. I would totally love to talk more about this and not about weird science. Yes, me too. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm just going to insult it and I don't know how constructive that will be. So it begins with the boys looking at the girls in gym and imagining what it would be like if they were cool and whether or not they uh, would have sex. And they point out the two girls they end up having sex with at the end of the movie and they're just like, you know, us and those two dames and then the dames girl, and then the girl fr- the boyfriends of those two girls which is you know those those two those two white guys one famous one not show up iron man and war machine and they um they pants them and then all the girls see them with their pants around their ankles and then we get the title yeah that's okay, that's the opening yeah. um first step out of the gate is a bad one 
uh, I hate these kids from the moment go. And uh, I mean, just staring okay. at girls in gym class is not a great way to make me like you. Okay. Like, have that be the establishing character moment. Like, I feel like there's a lot of ways you can make 14 year old boys empathetic. And it doesn't mean that they don't, they aren't like horny 14 year old boys. Okay. Like, yeah. like, I mean, there's been plenty of recent examples, even like, um, uh, I mean, Big Mouth is a pretty obvious example, even though it's animated. But mm-hmm. but also like even like Sex Education, some of the characters in that, that was great. I, yeah, I love what they um like as a Butterfield. It's kid. possible to 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 focus on horny teenage boys and not have them just be complete monsters. And this movie, like, I don't think that John Hughes set out with this movie to like explore the psyche of teen boys like on a deep level, but he okay. could have at least made them somewhat likable. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh, so of just you don't me want be in person. Oh, so you don't find Wyatt likable? I understand not liking Gary, but what's wrong with Wyatt? Is it that he's a pushover? Wyatt is like the guy who only seems good because he's not the rapist. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, his friend's not a rapist, but it, like he stood by and let it happen. Wow. Oh God. I told you all this movie made me angry. <laughs> Oof. Jordan is blocking her face from me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. Oh, all right. I mean, do I need to just give all the recapping over to you? <laughs> you want to recap this movie? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's probably better to be recapped from someone who will actually like say the plot. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll actually say what happens. And so we're they... gonna go off on so many tangents about. <laughs> Okay, so so Wyatt is uh, is a little rich boy, and he's got this uh, estate, and he goes in with uh, Gary, and they're gonna spend the weekend there. And his brother Chet is coming, but hasn't come yet, and the parents are gone. And we just have a a nice little moment where Gary, who has no facial hair, wasting a bunch of shaving cream and razors for no reason and clogging the sink. And they're watching Frankenstein. That part I actually like, the bit with the shaving cream. That's definitely um, something a teenage boy would do. Like, if you're feeling insecure about your masculinity and, you know, your ability to grow facial hair, that's something that you would, like, pretend to do. Like, pretend that you have something to shave off okay okay well that's that's a that's one positive from kyle okay um they're watching frankenstein (laughs) and then they're watching the colorized version of frankenstein they're watching my my, blasphemy my mistake they're watching the colorized version of frankenstein (laughs) and the one that ted turner got his grimy little hands over oh wow we are really (laughs) (laughs) and uh (laughs) They and so Gary's like, we should make a girl, and Wyatt's like, no, I'm not digging up dead girls, and and Gary's like, no, I mean with your computer, we should simulate a girl, and we should like ask it questions and put it in sexual situations and see how she responds, and Wyatt's like, oh well, I guess that's that's fine, and then they do that, so and they it, boot up Sim Girl. Yes, they they. And- he has this computer, which a 1985 computer, which I don't even know what a person did in 1985 with a computer. And it Oregon also, Trail, maybe? also, it is totally bizarre that this teenage boy has a 
full desktop computer in 1985. Like, how much money does he have? Which is, This is a question that I had throughout the movie because when Chet will extort him, he'll extort, like, large amounts of money. Like, I want $150 in, in crisp, clean bills. And it's like, where the fuck does he... Do they have a vault? Right. I really feel like they have a vault. And this is 150 in the 80s. And then he's yeah. also asking... At some point, he asks... He tells Wyatt that... No, Wyatt tells him that he's going to give him his college fund. Why would Wyatt have access to his own college fund what parent would allow that right that doesn't make sense the whole point of college funds is it's money for college that the right. kids cannot spend so i know we right. meet gary's parents do you ever meet white's parents uh yeah we do at the at the very beginning and the very end they're just like very like nice preppy people who find out nothing like they're the really the only adults in the movie that don't get harassed or fucked with yeah because they're not there <laughs> exactly they're out and then they're back yeah um it, so you know they decide to make this girl and it gets like more and more elaborate like uh and they hook up a doll which gary okay wyatt doesn't have any sisters Gary doesn't have any sisters. Whose doll is that? Yeah, that was. I was curious where the doll came from. Maybe it's mom's. <laughs> Why Maybe it's dad's. Yeah, you you don't know. <laughs> it's just very weird. Like it maybe makes they me, got the weird science playset and it, got their own Kelly LeBrock action figure. It makes me think that he got this doll to like masturbate like to like to look <laughs> at it. But it's also just like, why wouldn't you get a magazine? Yeah, because they have magazines they as have well. They have lots of magazines. Right, yeah. So maybe they got the magazines and then they got the doll and they're like, maybe we can put her in those positions. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I just don't understand where these where these boys got a doll. And at some point they put bras on their head. Whose bras are those? Because if they're these are, these are good questions. I feel like the bras are the moms, right? Right, but they gotta what, be. but would a teenage boy put his mother's bra on his head? I can understand Gary doing it because that's not his mom. Right. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I like, I guess they just do so much insane. They do so much shit that shit really that doesn't make any it, sense. Yeah. It, yeah. Why did they just think it would work for the scene? Because, like, the in-universe explanation I, 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 I for think, it. I think it's just the imagery. Yeah, the in-universe explanation is why we're wearing bras on our heads. Oh, it's ceremonial. Okay, but, like... But, yeah, but okay, from a director's point, point of view, why would they... Do they just need something for the cover to justify something on the eventual VHS cover that they would need to put? I just think they thought, I just think that John Hughes thought it would be funny. Yeah, and I I also think he thought it like, like made them look like they were doing an experiment. Yeah. Okay. John Hughes wrote this movie in two days. I mean, it shows. It's a very, oh, yeah. it's, it's a very simple movie. Okay, so they make the, so they make a person, and the person is, well, she doesn't have a name for a little bit, but her name eventually becomes Lisa, and Kelly LeBrock comes out, and she's in like underwear and like a crop, and there's like the camera pans up on like her curves and all of that, and they're just like what, and they're just like, and then she says, oh, what do you little maniacs want to do first and they get into the shower and she is enjoying the shower and she is totally nude and the boys are in their their jeans and sneakers and they're very anxious and they're just like watching her shower yeah 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 
It and almost I, like like this. This is gonna this seem is very counter to a lot of the things I will probably say, but I like I honestly thought it would have been less creepy if they had actually not had their pants on. <laughs> like it felt creepier that they had their jeans on in the shower. Well, I think that the reason why they I had know, their jeans I know. on is because I know that's like very contradictory. No, no, no. I mean, but because but why just, would you like, leave them on in the shower? Like, and period. they they had like their sneakers on. Like I was like, uh, okay, I I don't know. That felt somehow even creepier to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, it was supposed to show that they're nervous, but it's also just, like, could you imagine being their parents? Yeah. And, like, okaying that scene. Like, I think that their pants being on was, like, the only way that their parents would allow that scene. Yeah. That's true. Oh, the, because you mean the parents totally like, 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 their parents in real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Because then it's totally not sexual. Right, exactly. Well, no, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I think, <sighs> I, I do feel that standards were different at that time and that people did not really think of this as creepy. I think that, like, no one was really even thinking of it in sexual terms. I'm pretty sure it was just like, hey, she's grown. They're not. They have to have their pants on. But, oh, the idea of this scene, super funny. Never mind. Let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get, yeah. Like their parents, I mean, thinking about their parents, it's like their parents thinking are still letting them kiss thinking, a grown woman, right? And like say all these like really put, vile things on um, in a movie. So it does seem like, like yeah, such a like weird cognitive dissonance to be like, okay, but they must wear their jeans. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, but I'm and just, I, I know that you're not saying like, yeah, no, no, uh, no, I'm not saying that that makes it better. I'm just saying that I, you know, that like because of like labor laws and everything, there was like an adult supervising, whether it be their parents or like a studio teacher or something. So someone made that call. Yeah. Someone felt like, oh no, 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 we're not gonna do this. Yeah, that's that's totally better yet. Which is even, wild to think better about. Yet, why yeah. even include the scene at all? Because it's I mean, okay. Okay, instead of let's Is it just be to get the nudity out of the way let's, first? Let's consider well, we don't even really see all of her. Yeah. Um so but still Okay, so let's consider what would be a better scene that would show that they are nervous around a beautiful woman. I mean, I I feel like it's obvious they're nervous like throughout all of their interactions with her. They're so on edge. Yeah. I mean, um you could get that She could sit across from them and talk to them and like ask them things. I mean, this I don't is know. That's true. Yeah, they could be sitting they could at all the just sit on a couch together. It 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 is interesting. She could sit in the middle of them and they could watch a movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, it is interesting that the whole reason why they decide to make her is so that they can ask questions, and then they don't. Like, yeah. I feel like the first thing that they would do would be to ask questions. And I think yeah. they're, like, afraid the to get they answers. To, the first question they decide to ask is clearly, can, can we... Can we See like they that's the thing uh, they suggest the shower off screen which means yeah. that like i feel like someone there was somebody made a call that was just like oh them asking her to shower is gonna be weird let's just cut to the shower that that yeah. cracks me what cracks me <laughs> up is thinking about people making this film and like the moments where they're like well you know that's too weird <laughs> Well, but I mean, then, like, but then, like, that's green, too weird for weird. You know, science. this is a little too. This part's a little too creepy. But then they like green light everything. I mean, else this about film it. was edit. <laughs> this film was edited by two men, um, Chris Levinson and Mark Warner. And I'm assuming that they, you know, had some questions. I, I assume so. Oh my God, they <laughs> they do editing for Tim Burton. <laughs> they're maybe not that good at editing, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love that shade. <laughs> 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 but 
but like it's I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is a movie. Like, there were, this was a studio film. Like, this was universal. I mean, it would have to be universal because of the whole Frankenstein concept, you know. Right. Because otherwise they'd have to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there were studio heads. There was the producer, Joel Silver, who was like a big deal producer, you know, known for producing Lethal Weapon, The Matrix, Die Hard, Predator. Like, this guy was a big fucking deal. So he was also on set, too. So that, yeah. <laughs> like, when we start thinking about, like, all think of about the people. All the people who just went through this process. And all the people who it. allowed this to happen. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the things they wanted to cut and the things they thought should stay or that should be added, you know, or emphasized. It is interesting. Like, it's interesting um, that... Kelly LeBrock is, you know, a sim or whatever you want to call her um, that they created. And she's very much down for whatever. And like, come on, let's, you know, let's in the book. TV show description the, of the spinoff show, she's described as a genie. Yeah. Like it's uh-huh. very and that that makes sense because yeah. she also is like like the lines she's given. She is there's very much a different like she she's a 23 year old. And sometimes she tells them to calm down or she kind of like she still has a character. So it's a very interesting like she still tells them to calm down and she still kind of makes fun of them, even though she's like, I am at your whim. I will do whatever you want. But it's, it's like, like yeah, no, but, almost, but no, maternal. She, yeah, there's she, aspects she, in which is, she has like like she doesn't have any autonomy, but she also doesn't. She's not into them. Well, I, don't I, know. Actually, <laughs> I actually kind of disagree. I think that she has a lot of autonomy. I think that she says that she'll do anything that anyone wants because that's what they want to hear. But then she doesn't often. She doesn't really listen to anyone or do what anyone tells her to do. Like, I just think it's like a get, it's kind of like when, um, in I dream of genie where genie will be like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this for you master. And then master will be like, I don't, I don't, I don't want it. And she's just like, Oh, well, whatever. I mean, (laughs) I, I watched a lot of I dream of genie and it's basically her just being like, date me, date me. Date me. I'm going to create this magical situation so that you will date me. Like, she's very aggressive. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love yeah. I Dream of Jeannie. Um, yeah, because she was so, like, taking the wheel. Yeah. So it's kind of just like, I feel like, I feel like what Lisa does is, like, she knows this, like, very, like, 80s concept of, like, making men feel like she, like, thinks that they're really smart and really interesting and everything, but she doesn't. Like, she just. She just pretends to be amused by everyone. Or maybe she is, but, like, not in the way that everyone thinks. Like, I mean, like, for ex- I feel like that's really clear when she um, interacts with uh, Little Tin Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's just like... Uh, he's Little just like, Tin Man. <laughs> he's, just like, he's just like, yeah, I really want you. And she's just like, that's cool. He's like, oh, you were looking at me. She's like, so? Like, <laughs> I don't really think... Yeah, that's the well, interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah, she she like it's it's it really is uh, bizarre because like I'm like on one hand, she I mean she's created and she's thoroughly objectified like she is an object she is, in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um but there are ways in which she's given more power than the other female characters. Oh yeah, who she's are g- supposed, you know, like who yeah, are supposed oh to my, be full women Deb- but also are just actually just like in Deb and Hilly. Deb and Hilly. Deb and Hilly are very... um, Deb and Hilly are probably the thing that I hate the most about this movie because I 
I'm I've watched most John Hughes movies. I've watched all of his teen movies and a lot of his like stuff with like young adult people too because he tried to like write about older people too. Um not as much the adult stuff. That's he's kind of different there, but with his teen movies and his like young women movies, he was very clear with like making all of the women more interesting than the men are. Uh so I feel like for weird science, he put all of the interesting stuff into Lisa, but also Lisa has no backstory. So she can't be as interesting as someone like, you know, the main character in 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink because she comes from nowhere. She was born yeah. at, the, at the end of Act One. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's unfortunate, like Deb and Hilly are probably like the worst um, teen girl characters that he ever wrote. And it's, weird that you did that because you know that he can do better yeah they're they're so like they're just like okay these are supposed to be like pretty popular girls right and then they realize that their boyfriends are kind of jerks and and not giving them more social capital so they dump them and then they notice they notice you know our uh young little protagonist at a party and i mean they've noticed them before yeah and and basically like seeing lisa makes them kind of more curious about them because they're like well she is like oh yeah they know. i honestly feel like they are more into lisa than they are the guys any yeah of the guys. yeah that's absolutely great if the movie ended with the two of them going off with lisa right yeah and they it- just formed this like i don't know power triad yeah, yeah, that, that would that, that would have been really. F- I mean, that's how I would write it, but you know, that's me. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, they they always are talking about like, oh my god, her body is gorgeous, like, <laughs> like all of this, like they're like they are so Just, into her, and they're they not. Are, yeah, they're not even like jealous. It's not they, like they're in not. Some no, they they like plots. appreciate her body. Like they like they appreciate her. They're just like she's cool. Like she, like there's a part where they're like, oh my god, she like burped and like it was charming, and it was yeah. Just like, they they just, totally have a crush on they her. Love yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think I think the other problem with Devin Hilly is that um John Hughes has a thing for like not liking rich girls very much. Um, which like he works through with the Breakfast Club and uh and arguably some kind of wonderful, depending on how you feel about the rich girl in that movie. Um, but it seems like in this movie it's very much just like, man, rich girls just like <laughs> They just have terrible taste. What the fuck is wrong with them? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, there's a lot of disdain for them in this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, this movie really does just feel like it hates women. Which which is weird, too, because, like, Wyatt is also rich. So it's weird that he's considered smarter as a rich boy than the rich girls. I wonder why. Yeah, it's not really that weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty obvious. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the perspective of this movie, it fits very well with the perspective, which is how do we engineer an object woman Yeah, to fulfill our sexual desires and curiosities? I mean, yeah, and mm. like, yeah, Deb and Hilly, it's weird because we're just supposed to believe that they were never interested and they saw... Um, they saw them with this older, beautiful woman and now they're interested. And it's not that that can't happen. Yeah. Like there definitely is something to like, maybe someone you kind of noticed and thought were like kind of cute, but you didn't, you know, and then you see, you see them in a new light or, or you see them with someone who you think is really cool. And you're like, huh, maybe they're cooler than I thought. 
But it's just such a a, a a sloppy switch. Like it's just it's just written so like oh well now we're into you. I'm like okay. Yeah, it, it's it's very hard. Like understanding why Wyatt and Gary like Devin Hilly is actually like way easier because there's a great line at the end which I had to like shut Kyle up because he was too busy like being angry about something. And there, where Gary says really his only good line in the movie where he says. Lisa is everything I ever wanted in a girl before I knew what I wanted. And I kind of wish that it wasn't at the end that he says this. <laughs> I kind of wish it happened a little bit earlier. Because <laughs> yeah. Gary generally kind of sucks. I mean, the only time that you really feel bad for Gary is when you meet his parents. <laughs> I mean, I didn't feel bad for him. <laughs> I was on the parents' side. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, so I, I was on the parents' I, side because, like, of course, it's weird to watch a grown woman, like, essentially, like, kidnap your child. Like, I understand how they felt. We are going felt. to have a party and have a fun time. She actually, like, plays it up. She, she talks about orgies and witchcraft. Yeah, and yeah. She talks, about, <laughs> she talks about, like, chains and whips and things and stuff yes. like that. And it's very weird. Chips and dips and chains. But and also, whips. I just feel like his, like, that scene was clearly there because, like, Lisa gets a lot of lines where she says a lot of things that she wouldn't really know. She knows a lot. And I, uh, arguably, she knows way more about Gary than she does about Wyatt, honestly. Because he just she just, like, goes on this weird thing where she's just like, you know, he makes really good grades and you never compliment him and you're never nice to him and i think that that was supposed to be like a liberating scene for gary and like an explanation for why gary is such a piece of shit um right like that it, there's this neglect there's this parental neglect that's like fueling this behavior yeah and it's weird because i just feel like i feel like the scene would hit better if it came about in a way that wasn't so fucking creepy like if she just like met them and it's, was just like, hey, I'm his tutor or something. And like, I've been talking to him for a while and like, you guys suck. Like if it was like, if she was coming at him from like a, like a way of like, not from a sexual bent, I feel like they would at least listen more. Well, yeah, it's hard to absorb that when it's couched in her talking about putting things on people's nipples. Yeah. And her, yeah. her reason for like standing up for Gary is to take him to a party. Like, yeah. you know, she's like, you guys are bad parents let him go to a sex party with me a grown woman so it's hard for you to you know so it's kind of hard for you to be like oh wow yeah they're bad parents they they don't compliment him enough because she's saying so much other stuff yeah and then she physically threatens his father yeah yeah i mean she pulls a gun on him like if john hughes really wanted to make gary empathetic he wouldn't have done this scene the way he did, or he wouldn't have had this scene. He would have had some other reference to his parents. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting, but the, it it honestly seems like Gary is really the only one with the problem. I'm very unclear as to what Wyatt's problem is, except that he's nervous, which is normal. So, like, what is it? Wait, like, isn't isn't Wyatt's brother? Oh, oh no, Wyatt, Wyatt. What Wyatt's problem is? <laughs> Whatever. They're boys. I don't know. Um, I guess Chet. But also, Chet is really not like no one's brother is like Chet. I I have met some like as a kid. Oh my god. Yeah, that's really okay. I'm sorry. I mean, I just don't understand the whites. Clearly, this is maybe I mean, a white thing. I my brother is certainly not like that. I mean, he is the I older mean, brother, is... and I'm the older brother in mine. But uh, I would never ever wish my brother for my brother to be turned into a slug monster that ate flies. But I've, and I've <laughs> never slug monster. And I've never, you know, I mean, we've never like beat each other up for money. Or I anything. mean, there are just things 
that Chet does. That like, I mean, I guess he's supposed to be like a heightened version of just like an a bad older brother. But there are things that he does. Like, there's a scene where like after the after the kids lose their virginity, he just like hits them in the head multiple times with the butt of a rifle. And I was just like, who does this? Also, they would all have concussions. Yeah, I mean, he's like. <laughs> He feels just like this. Uh, is this movie a cartoon? Avatar. I think, I think of, it is. It's absolutely. Yeah, the the butt of the rifle. I was like, what? Like they would be dead. They, yeah, they like that's. <laughs> he was hitting them hard. And, he was and hitting them really also hard. Also, that um, this is. Oh my god! It's an episode of Dexter's Lab. It, this it, whole movie is just Dexter's Lab. Like absolutely. <laughs> like the Deb was just like, oh, weird. Like, can you imagine, like, being a teen girl, you have sex with this guy that you just randomly decided you liked, and then his brother hits you with a gun, he's and you're so, just, yeah. he's and you're so just mean to Deb and Hilly. He calls like, them hussies. Yeah, he calls them hussies. At another point, he calls them, um, I don't know, some other old-timey, like, slut-shaming yeah. word. Yeah, <laughs> like strumpet or something. Yeah, <laughs> like something like that, where you're like, wow, I, I'm not even offended, but also, what the hell is wrong with you? Also, like, just like, there's she's there's so many things that doesn't make any sense. Like when he's like being, he spends the whole movie being mean to Lisa. And then he's just like near the end. He's just like, let me butter your biscuit. And I'm just like, what? I know. I mean, he's like, I mean, even for a guy who's like really clueless, he would at least know you have to at least pretend to respect a woman. If you want to sleep with her, like at least a little bit, like he just seems to like not be a real dude. Yeah. I mean, he's like an avatar of a shitty dude. He seems like like a virgin too. Yeah. He also does weird homoerotic things like to his brother, like when he's like making fun of his brother for wearing women's underwear. And then he like flashes his dick. Yeah, there's like I'm just like there's I don't know the lack of boundaries is extremely creepy to me. Like yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just weird, weird way. I mean, rest in peace, Bill Paxton. But this is a weird character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. So I, I mean, doubt I doubt it's one that he looked back on and was like, yes, that one. <laughs> the one I, where I turned into a slug monster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this movie. Okay. Uh, we should probably talk about the scene that makes Kyle super angry. Oh God. Uh, can, there's one scene? <laughs> no, there's there's, there's there, one more than <laughs> one that one that really like there's one that really, sums up your there's anger. There's one that really gets him. Um it's the scene where they go to the bar. Where they, where oh, they go to a bar, where they, yeah. go to they, they meet a bunch of toughs, and Anthony Michael Hall decides to do an entire routine. Yep. This whole stump speech. Yep. I believe is the term for minstrelsy. Um <laughs> In a black scent. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that that scene was awful. I mean, I, and this is—I think I was yelling at that point. This isn't, and this is not the only time that he does the black scent. He also does the black scent in in, dr- in the Breakfast Club when they're high, but he only he does it for a short amount of time. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, he does. This is this is this is a trick. A pit, like I wonder how many is this times on he, his, was this on his reel? I like, feel like it must have been because he clearly <laughs> is proud of it. Real is because like, the fact that he would do it in two it. different movies seems strange to me. Yeah, because it's not that like John Hughes has plenty of like racism, but like that doesn't seem like something John Hughes would initiate. No, I don't think that John Hughes made that up. I think that he made that. Up. I think that, that Anthony Michael Hall was just like, that. "Can I? Oh, I have an idea. I could riff with this." And they're just like, "Okay, sure." 
and he goes on this whole speech about about this about this little this little eighth grade bitch with big titties. I mean, this is literally how he's just just like so. So let me tell you my story, right? It's this this little eighth grade bitch, and you know what? You know what got me? It was it was a titty. He sounds she like had one the, of the fucking she, crows from she, Dumbo. She had this, she had these big old titties, and like it's just like this whole thing where he's just like talking and to all of these like black people who adults, are just like by the way adult he's t- black men. He's he talking was, about another child to adults, and the adults are supposed to believe that he's over 21 or just not care. Well, he <laughs> yeah. talks about a 13-year-old girl who's a bitch for not showing her tits. Yes. It's just like... In a, in a minstrel yeah. accent. Like, it's like, why? <laughs> like, this is... Ah, and then this, these people go on to make other movies and be successful. Yeah. <gasps> we, America, let this happen. Like, we, as Americans, let this happen. I don't we, know. Like, why was anyone surprised said, okay. about Trump after this? Uh. I love I I just love how the the two white people on this podcast are so angry about that scene. Here's the thing: I'm not angry about it. Um, I Why? what what I do? Jordan, of all the, you've been angry about so many things, and you're not angry about this, and I don't understand it. Okay, okay, please, let, please me, help let me let me let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. I just. <laughs> I just think I maybe it's just because I have known people who do this, who talk like this, and I've just been like, "Wow, that's an idiot." So it just seems Were more mundane. Yes, yeah, and it just seems more mundane to me, I guess, because I've the seen accent. because I've seen it in the wild um, multiple times, and I'm just like, "Yeah, these are uh, white people do this." It's it's annoying. I mean, like it's it's not good. Like it's not a good scene. Um, <laughs> It doesn't advance the plot. It does not advance the plot at all. It's just a scene where uh, Anthony Michael Hall does a thing that I can't imagine anyone liking. Right? <laughs> like anybody on the set? Like, like I don't think that anyone would would have enjoyed that. The other the actors, the other actors, I, they I, let I, it, they didn't let it happen. I was just because there are a lot of people in that scene. That's a whole. He's giving this. And whole, most of those people are black. Yeah, and he's giving the stump speech to a whole room full of people, and I just think all these people on set, and no one was able to stop this. Well, I just felt bad because like this was the only scene that the older black actors were in, and I was like, you just have to watch this shitty. Kid. They show up again at the party, but they're not in. A lot oh yeah, of it. one of them is like a bartender at the party. Yeah, one of them's a bartender yeah. at the party, and then you see in a reaction shot later that a few of them are just at the party, which is just this assumption that they were just hanging out with high schoolers this whole time. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I, like, to be clear, like, it is an offensive scene, it's a bad scene, but it's also just, like, shit that I've seen so many times before that I have no visceral reaction to it anymore. Like, maybe if I was younger. So you're just numb to it. <laughs> yes, maybe if, I, you, you know, maybe if it was new to me, but it's not, so I'm just... But you were mm. upset by New York Minute, that scene. I feel like this is so much worse. That's why I'm curious. It's not that I think that it's but it's like <laughs> like Really? You think it, you think that a white person making a fool of themselves is somehow worse than a bunch of black actors getting paid to make a fool of themselves? Well, how are the black actors in this scene not making a fool of themselves? <laughs> I mean, they I, think like, they, I think that they retain their dignity. I honestly think that they when they left when they those black people left the set, they were just like, white people, man, what the fuck? <laughs> like I feel like they all got together and had their own drink and had a good time and we're like, well, the check 
cleared. So I mean, that's I I well. like I like that. Like that's a really nice way of looking at it. I because I don't feel at like at least the check cleared. I don't no, feel I mean, like I don't feel like I don't feel like any black person in that scene. I don't think that that was the first time any black person in that scene had seen a white person do that. That's the thing because they're older black people in the eighties. They have seen this. Oh they, yeah, they have seen this in the wild. They know what this looks like. Oh yeah, no, I mean I don't yeah. think that anybody was surprised or anything. Like right. I've seen people do that. Um, right. Yeah. I guess I I'm I'm less annoyed by like white people with a black scent than I am with just like white people being responsible for writing black characters in a way that I don't like. Like, it's just like, like, yeah. black, like I find black sense to be fucking annoying, but it, in general, just kind of like benign, like uh, po- in a post Malibu's most wanted world. Like if you really think that that <laughs> looks <laughs> like, it's just like, it, it's, it's annoying. Like, and it's also just like, whenever I do harp on a black scent, like Iggy Azalea's black scent, no one cares. <laughs> like, uh, so it's just very hard. Like, it's very hard for me to like gather up any righteous anger for it. I will say though, if we're going to talk about a scene that was um upsetting, I would say the biker scene's really oh, upsetting. Oh god. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, that was much worse. The biker scene is really Oof. bad because uh, it, it's very like it's not just that they were a bunch of bikers. Like, I honestly kind of wish that they were all white. It was really weird because it was mostly just, like, native people and then the white guy from the hills have eyes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the lead actor, the lead head of the biker gang, was basically reprising a role from the Road Warrior from a Mad Max movie. Yeah, it was oh, like, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they were, they looked native, but maybe they were just, like, uh, maybe some other kind of, like, they were definitely, like, ethnic people the woman on the chain um which oh man yeah yeah. the woman the woman on the chain uh i don't we are not things what so yeah just so so morton joe shows up and uh Uh, yeah yeah, it's i i don't know why the woman needed to be on the chain it's awful (laughs) she's on the chain and then like and then, Gary and then call- Gary calls her a bitch. Yeah. Like, and she's not, all she's doing at that point is like laughing at him or something. Yeah. Like there would be no excuse, but like it's extra jarring because she's not coming at him. She's he not. Just, it's like he needs to put her in her place. Essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's essentially what he needed to do. Like he had to call her a bitch and it's just like, she's already on a chain. Like, I think that she's, you know, things aren't. Like, unless she, you know, consented to being on that chain. And it's really hard to tell if she did or not from that scene. (laughs) Yeah. Then again, are these people even really people or are they just constructs? created by well um, but you 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 would assume because she is because that's the thing lisa will like zap and things will appear like cars clothes everything and when the bikers appear she just like zaps like you see like a zap go across the screen yeah um so but then when uh gary and wyatt you know uh stand up to him and when gary pulls the gun on them um the hills have eyes dude is just like i don't want this to interfere with my teaching job (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so are they real people or not are like, they, do they or, have... or are they actors were, were, yeah. were they were they were, did she summon like was the zap just like her quickly hiring actors 
and like giving that's them, really interesting giving them character <laughs> profiles and lines yeah oh like they were all just like playing a part uh, it's really hard to tell but yeah that scene that scene really upset me because <laughs> yeah. i just don't really Almost like it was underwritten and totally unnecessary yeah well it was like basically lisa does everything because she wants them to be more assertive like she takes them to the club because they want she wants them to mingle she uh takes them i, I don't know why they go to the mall except to just interact with the bullies again i don't know what the mall visit is although the mall visit does come with like m like the best laugh in the movie where she's just like where she's like buying this like like mesh thong and then she's just like is there a bra that goes with this that's like leather or rubber or barbed wire and the old woman there's just like give me a break yes i was like oh no that is like every retail job she just yeah. wants you to leave at she's this like point. can we not <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like in terms of so i don't know what that exercise is supposed to be um but very clearly it's she uh, oh, yeah, she announces that the party is happening at the mall. So I guess that's what that was, to, like, lure people to the party. And then she has the party, and then Gary and Wyatt are, like, they're hiding in the bathroom, and they're yeah. afraid to talk to everything. So she's just like, the best way to get them to mingle and be popular at this party is to have a bunch of bikers it ruin the party. <laughs> yeah. It's to stage a home invasion. Yeah, they staged a home invasion in which they fought off ethnic invaders yeah basically she she yeah. was like you know what will boost their confidence you know they already have me as their sex avatar but what if they got to like live out colonization what if they tasted human blood in live like like what if they got to really connect with their colonizer roots yeah it's yeah it's a very like that scene is like way more unsettling and like for me and it's also just like because it's also just like Someone came up with that. Like, like, like white people have been putting, putting shoe polish on their face and acting the fool since for fucking ever. Like, whatever. But like, what the fuck was, what is the yeah, precedent that was, for this? That, that was scene? like some magical realist racism. Like, that was like, that was like, wow, you like took peyote and became more racist. Like, what? <laughs> Um, that's, yeah, though that scene, I also, yeah, that during that whole scene, I was like horrified and also like, why? Like, not, and I mean, I honestly, that's how I felt about like pretty much the whole movie. I'm like, trying to make my winces more audible. I kind podcast, of, I kind of wish, like, I will say, as a person who likes weird science, I do wish that um, their, their goals, like their challenges were more like realistic to what they actually had to deal with. Yeah. Like I as mean, boys. I think mm -hmm. that there could have been a way to do sexual Mary Poppins that didn't make me want to scream. Yeah. You know? I, I don't understand. Like maybe she would like coach them to go on a date. She could teach them about the clitoris. Like, yeah, like she could, <laughs> they could, it could be weirdly feminist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just feel like there's other things she could like show them some like Judy Bloom books. Like she, right. like there are things that she could have done that would have been just as well. And it's also just like the only reason why they open up to the girls at the end is because they're traumatized. And I just feel like there's a way for them to like talk to the girls that doesn't involve trauma. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah, I disagree. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I you know, I want to be clear that I like this movie not because it's a good movie, um but because I have been watching it over and over again for most of my life and I can't 
I physically you can't. can't un, you I can't, can't unlike it. Whereas, like, there's something like there. I always was kind of uncomfortable with sixteen candles. So, like, it was never. It wasn't a big deal when people were just like, "Oh yeah, this is kind of fucked up." Like, it was more apparent that it was. Right. To me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. And I mean, there's still, you know, I mean, I could totally rewrite 16 Candles to not be racist very easily. Anyone, if anyone wants to give me money. Um, And also I could rewrite 16 Candles to where there's no rape in it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because there is a rape in 16 Candles. Yeah. Um, I mean, John Hughes is very rapey. Why have we put John Hughes on a pedestal? That is, um, well, because I feel like John, my sister and I were talking about this. I, I, I feel like John Hughes... His the ways in which he is like rapey or racist or like problematic is like very uh like white bread suburban like kind of like typical like which which is sad you know yeah <laughs> like but I feel like it's relatable which is part of the problem you yeah. know like is is that it's so normal like um he's just is, like in his movies and I mean obviously some of these movies were made decades ago so things you know, some of the conversation has evolved, but like the ways that his characters view women are pretty realistic and the ways that his white characters interact with people of color are pretty realistic. So it's like shitty, but it's like, I feel like that's why he's, that's why, you know, it's not like John Hughes, John Hughes, not challenging those. Well, I just, I feel like John Hughes has, he's been critiqued obviously, but he's not known for being problematic in the way that some directors are. And it's not because he's not problematic, but because it's like, so it's like casual racism versus, you know what I mean? And right. Yeah. And so I don't think that's okay, but I feel like that's why he's gotten away with it without getting kind of like gutted in the way that some people have. Right. And he was also just like in general, and I was talking to Kyle about this because Kyle wanted to know why I liked John Hughes and why I liked this movie specifically. And I said that, um, you know, I was a weird kid. Uh, I mean, I don't think that there's anything. And also, there, I don't think there's anything special about being a weird kid. I mean, I'm sure, like, what I went through was definitely more traumatizing than really any kid in a John Hughes movie. But I still felt like, you know, th- the general emotions and the feeling left out and, like, to feeling weird. Like, I, I related to that. And that was enough for me to where I kind of, like let the other things go. And it's also just because I knew kind of like, you know, the scene in the bar, I'm aware of that behavior enough. And I grew up with that behavior that that behavior doesn't upset me anymore. Yeah. In a way that it would, if like you had never seen it, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Right. I mean, I've, I, I have seen that behavior. So it's not like I was like, white people can be like that. Like right. it, it was more that it was like such a long gratuitous scene about him talking about a 13 year old's tits in a black scent. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't like, I didn't know racism. It's existed. really, I was it's really like, bad, uh, but it's also just like funny that this idea, I just love that. I always thought it was funny that he goes into this like blues club and he's around like all of these black people who have definitely had more challenging lives than he has. I mean, arguably so. I mean, he's poor, but he still goes to like a nice school and he still has a rich friend who basically like lets him live there (laughs) essentially. Like, does he go home? Um, And so, you know, the question becomes like, he, he's like, yeah, the blues makes me, you know, think of my own trials and tribulations as a young guy. Like that's a thing that he says. And just this idea that he, 
like thinks that the worst thing in the world is that a girl need him in the nuts. Like that is that is the extent of his trauma. I find that to be very fucking funny. <laughs> that's very funny to me because it's just it, it's like it's just not it's that so trivial. Yes, it's not that significant. Like I know that it hurts when you get need in the nuts, but like the pain goes away and you just move on. You know. Yeah, and I mean, he's just not a character that has any self-awareness. Yeah. And I know people are like, oh, they're kids, but I remember being 13 and being aware of the world and other people. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not... No. I like, mean, he goes... <laughs> this is a guy who hangs around black people and will be like, no, I totally understand because, like, my dad is a plumber, so, like, I'm black, too. Like, he's yeah. exactly that kind yeah. of kid. And so because he is so thoroughly that kid it like <laughs> i'm just like yeah i know you i went to i went to high school with you yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> kyle kyle you're you've been making a lot of faces and i want to yeah, know, know what they are because uh, i feel faces, like you've been making faces of things both jordan and i've said and you're like yeah the, trying the to faces gather. the faces are my lack of words I, and i know that's not great for an audio only medium but uh um I'm kind of insulted that this is what John Hughes thinks of when he thinks of um, teenage boys. That this is... Like, I mean, it, it does this suck is because... This all we can... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it does suck because this is, um, this is one of those movies that taught me about teenage boys. And unfortunately, it wasn't that far off. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I didn't grow up with John Hughes. I know everyone else in this country has, like, watched his stuff on TV on repeat for forever, but I just missed that whole. Yeah. Thing. I do feel like, so. I definitely think, uh, I mean, like you, like Jordan was saying about like growing up with this movie, like I do feel like with John Hughes in general, growing up with him does make a difference um, because I definitely like some of his other movies and, you know, I, I'm aware of how problematic they are and I still like enjoy them. Like it's a different experience as an adult than as a kid. Um, but but I feel like if I didn't grow up with him at all, all of these factors would be so jarring. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you didn't. You had a very, you know, different... And I know that it makes you feel left out, but, like, there's nothing... It was just... Okay. Like, I got into John Hughes because... I was a latchkey kid who had all of the channels, all of the premium channels, and I got to watch whatever I wanted because my mom wasn't home. So it's not like I don't think that I'm better than anyone for having to watch for having watched them, but I watched them because that was all I had to do. Like I didn't have anything else to do. So it's just, you know, it's I, not a matter of importance. I do <laughs> So it's just is it just a process of normalizing um yeah, I watched Weird Science a lot of times. Like, it was on. It would be on HBO or Showtime or whatever. I would turn it on. I would watch it whenever it was on. I would watch it. I would just turn it on watch it. Sometimes I would turn it on while I was cooking. I turned it on while I was in the bathroom. I turned it on while I was reading other things. Like, I've seen it so many fucking times. So. <laughs> I, I do think, like, it is depressing how teenage I mean, teenagers in general are portrayed in these movies, you know, but like in this one, yeah, it does make teenage boys look like they have no other thoughts. It does. Which does yeah. suck because, it does. um, a lot like they are teenage boys are people with thoughts. <laughs> like, one would just hope. as the young yeah. women are people with 
brains and not just bodies, you know. Um, So there is definitely a stripping of humanity on that front, too. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, and it's, and it's weird because like, you know, John Hughes is known for being one of the first directors to really try to figure out what was going on with the kids. One of the first writers and directors to really do that. Like he created the template for the teen film. I mean, there were teen films in like the fifties and sixties, but they were very much like a, a lot of them were just like cautionary tales and yeah, stuff like, like that. Kind of like it's yeah. just like, oh, the kids are going the rock and roll music they sound and the, the marijuana. Uh, it's just like a lot of a lot of <laughs> yeah. stuff. And like, I mean, with the exception of like, I'm trying to think before John Hughes, there was um, you know, some of its predecessors are like Foxes, which is a movie that I like a lot. Um, Little Darlings, another one about like girls at camp trying to lose their virginity to like their that one hot counselor, which I really I really like that one. And it's just like there were there was stuff before it, but it was very it wasn't really appreciated or embraced in the way that John Hughes was like John Hughes kind of showed up and he treated kids like they had like struggle. Yeah, like this movie yeah. doesn't feel like a good example of it. Yeah, but, this does. But so why didn't he do it here? But in general, like he does, he is good at showing like you know the complexities of a home life. You know, toxic parents or siblings or mm-hmm. you know, kind of diving into class and how that affects popularity and your experience and. Um, but yeah, yeah it's not I mean, really none candles. of those none strengths of are present in this movie. That's though. true. Yeah. I mean, cause like 16 candles is like a lot really shitty, but it's also just like about a girl who feels ignored by her family, which we see. I, I basically think that the protagonist of 16 candles became Helga Pataki and Hey Arnold. Cause it's essentially the <laughs> oh, same. I like that. It's I like basically that. the same situation. Yeah. Um, you know, minus long duck dong, which it's very easy to get rid of long duck dong. You just don't write him. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. just no reason for him to be there. Um, and yeah, so I mean like that, like as much as I hate 16 candles, I think that its protagonist is one of the most interesting teen women characters. She just happens to be in a movie that's not as really as interesting as she is. Right. I just but again, weird science is worse. Yeah, weird science <laughs> yeah. weird, weird science is definitely worse than 16 candles. Yes, it is. And uh, I mean from a like we're a we're a podcast about bad romance. So I do feel like we should address the fact that it's not really we we didn't go into this thinking it was a romantic comedy because we've both seen it. Like this isn't a romantic comedy. Um so in that sense it doesn't fit in with our other movies, but it does explore desire. Yeah, it's very um, much like I feel like most And it's about the kids, these two teen boys figuring out like yeah. they don't this is their idea of like oh well romance is sex and we don't know what sex is so right. like let's figure that out. So it's kind of like the pre-romance. <laughs> like it's like them figuring out because you know at the end they're like uh I didn't know what I wanted and and they're kids. So this is you know a movie that is like <laughs> fully about puberty and before any romance can come. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's, I don't like it, but 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't fit into romantic comedy, but it does fit into what happens before romantic comedy. Yeah, and it also fits into what kind of like the male idea of the romantic comedy is because we've done male male romantic comedies before and they all kind of have these same priorities, just older guys. Yeah, yeah. It's usually like this, there's usually a lot of objectification and this idea of a perfect woman. And I mean, there's, I mean, definitely some of the female focused ones have an idea of, of a perfect man too. Um, yeah. It's just, it manifests differently. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting because I do feel like sometimes these bro ones start out as I want this perfect chick who's like chill and hot. Yeah. And then by the end, they're like, oh, I guess I want a real woman who's a person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's essentially the journey that these boys go on. Yeah. Who, except, you know. If only they actually ended up with real women and not underwritten characters. Oh, right. Yeah. Underwritten poor, characters poor who were Deb just like, and into them. Yeah. Deb and Hilly, who like are never mentioned separate from each other, they are just Deb and Hilly. The only times they are separate <laughs> is when they are getting physical with the boys. Yeah, which true. I feel like sums up like yeah the Bechdel uh, the Bechdel test fail here. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is definitely not a Bechdel test passing film. That's yeah. for sure. I will say, I will point out, which I think this is very revealing, that this came out the same year as The Breakfast Club. So he made his deep movie. Wow. And he made his not deep movie so in weird the same was year. So Weird Science vacation. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, okay, you know? All right. Yeah. <laughs> that 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 checks right, out. John, that that does check off, out. Okay, cool. <laughs> right? I mean, you put a slug monster in a movie. Uh, yeah. If you want to, if you it really the, really got... want to, like, have fun, like writing a scene where you vortex suck a woman's clothes off through a chimney. Oh yeah, that does happen. We, that does happen, and I'm shocked yeah. we haven't mentioned it. Yet. Uh, well, I mean, because because I mean, it happens terrifying. in the whole like. Weird science men montage or a bunch of other shit. Oh yeah, yeah. literally. Um, my sister and I were. Li- my sister was like, "Oh, that woman, huh? Her clothes are still on." And then, and then right after that, her clothes were blown off. She was like, "Why are her clothes still on?" Uh-huh. <laughs> and we were both like, "Oh well, there we go." Okay, I thought about. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just like at that point, my soul was so in pain that I was like, "Yep, of course." You know that SNL sketch was- where um, they like interview George R. R. Martin and the thirteen-year-old boy who helps co-write um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, but that sounds great. <laughs> uh, I just kept thinking of that, like, like how and the then the clothes come off. Yeah, like <laughs> they had this yeah. talk, and then <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so yeah, do we have anything else to say about this? No, not really. I mean, I don't. I don't really have anything else to say. I mean, I've mentioned a bunch of movies that you could watch instead of this. You could watch. You could watch Little Darlings because it's one of the few movies that takes a teen girl's sexuality into into <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right, like her, it's about her sexuality and there not her really, responsibility. Uh, there are sexuality. really only a handful of movies about girl sexuality up until a giant stack, like a giant. We could fill a room with Porky's, Porky's two, Porky's three, oh Revenge boy. of the Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds two, Revenge of the Nerds three. Like there's so many. Whereas like with girls, there's like Little Darlings, the To Do List. I am struggling to think of a third one. Yeah, I'm trying to think also. Also, there's um, there's I'm I'm gonna be at South by Southwest this year because apparently I get to go to film festivals now. It's very strange, and I know that there's one <laughs> um, <laughs> about. I I saw that there was like a there was like one about like 
a teenage girl or like a young woman trying to like achieve an orgasm and it was like so jarring to just see that there was a movie about that that i have to see it oh absolutely um but yeah it's like it's really not like there really aren't a lot of movies that make that like care that like girls want to fuck too like right yeah <laughs> like they like they like they do like like teenage girls like they want to they want to kiss boys they want to go out with boys like and teenage girls actually do want to get to third base with teenage boys they just don't want the teenage boys to be fucking assholes while it's happening like, yeah it's ah! not yeah <laughs> um so yeah, I would say just think about that. Read some Judy Bloom. Um, I've heard that she's like finally gonna let her films get made. Like she's finally ready to let some of her books be adapted. At this point, I'll be able to take my niece. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's like still tiny I, now. I can but take, by the time the movies are out, you I can know. take my sister shove it. Like my, yeah. yeah. So I mean, like I'm I'm happy about it. I feel like it's way overdue. And uh yeah, weird science is oh, you don't you don't have to watch it. I mean, it it exists. Um Kelly LeBrock, I think we didn't really talk a lot about Kelly LeBrock, but Kelly LeBrock is uh, all from all accounts a fantastic person, a very kind person, a very eloquent person, and I think a gifted performer that was unfortunately um not really treated very well in the films no. yeah, yeah yeah and i mean the reason that we covered weird science this week is because of woman in red last week and kelly lebrock in that and so you know we wanted to uh, appreciate her and in I the mean, midst she's of these great. these films yeah she she is great and it is it's it a is bummer. a shame that she that this is the way that she was used. And I mean, uh, and I mentioned this to Kyle that uh, when she was on, um, there was a VH1 show called Celebrity Fit Club where it's like uh, celebrities who have like gained weight show up and they try to lose weight. And a bunch of people were on it, like Dustin Diamond was on it, Countess Vaughn, um, all these people. But uh, she was on it and she talked about like how she felt like men looked at her like a piece of meat and that they like looked at her like they were hungry and how it made her feel like an object and it like really that's really sad and it makes a lot of sense i mean that's how she was treated in these movies like and she yeah that sucks yeah and i mean she was married to steven seagal so i mean steven seagal is like like an alleged like like i've heard that he like allegedly has done a lot of terrible things to women and um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything else because just in case he might like sue me because he seems like the kind of person that would but read up on some of the things that Steven Seagal has done to women um it's not gonna make you feel good about the fact that he was married to Kelly LeBron. No. He was probably not a good I person. Mean, just to the her. fact that he's weirdly friendly with Vladimir Putin right now. Yeah. Isn't doesn't really like make him look like any yeah he's he was he was not good to her he doesn't have rumors about being a good guy no no rumors about him being a good guy none (laughs) like he is he's known for being terrible so um kelly lebrock you know we love you we salute we do yeah we want good things for you we do we hope that you're doing well yeah, I hope she, if she listens, I'll be so happy. Oh yeah, I would love that because she's great, and I have nothing bad to no, say about her. No, no. If wonderful. anything, I felt defensive for her. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted her to. Le- I wanted like, <laughs> I felt like such like a mom, like in the scene where she like is like revealed and like they do the thing on her body. I just wanted to be like, hey, give her a second. Like she was just born, like, right? <laughs> give her a second. <laughs> oh my god, she was just Not born. The- she was. <laughs> give I her know, a but that's such 
Tuck the umbilical, wash the amniotic fluid off. Give her like yeah. a give her like a towel or like a robe. Oh. Like uh anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope that Kelly LeBrock's doing well. And um, you know, we are we are the Bad Romance Podcast. You know where to find us. You should subscribe to our Patreon. We would like to get to like some more patrons. I think we're at, like twenty eight now. I feel like I feel like y'all can do better than that. Yeah. Um, I really do. And I also want to say that if you are an eight dollar subscriber or more we're going to be doing some episodes on how i met your mother some bonus episodes and we're also going to be doing some bonus episodes on erotic thrillers because i've been really into them lately and so i mean and you're not going to get that unless you pay pledge eight dollars or more so yeah yeah and it's just eight dollars a month you know yeah it's just eight dollars so, a month like it's hey. just like you know you go to starbucks you, get a, you, get, a, you get a coffee and you get a snack that's that's like that's like actually like nine or ten dollars like right? that's more like <laughs> um so you know consider that i'm jordan searles and i'm bronwyn isaac and i'm kyle calgren I didn't say much, but I really hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love, but I love the song. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Plastic cards and pots and pans. Why don't people understand my intention? It'd be so funny if he doesn't, if there's no pots and pans actually in the lyrics. <laughs> You're just making lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> things and stuff and stuff and things. Bloody, bloody, bloody things. Da, na, 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 na. Yeah, back it up, back it up. Let's go this truck. Oh yeah, back it up, back it up. Oh yeah, let's go this truck. Maybe tomorrow he'll say hello.